this is Sandra Costa, and this is TQ Talks Podcast, a place to stimulate the discussion about innovation and inspire new ideas and collaborative solutions to the modern society. In this episode, we are going to talk with a professional that has been creating an innovative startup in the field of impact education. She has more than 10 years of experience in the finance world and has worked as a senior executive in one of the unicorn startups in Brazil. Today, our guest is the CEO of Storm Education, a social organization that aims to teach basic English through WhatsApp chats to communities in Brazil. Let's know more about the innovative work of Susan Pastega. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much, Sandra. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Okay, thank you for your presence. It's really nice to talk and know more about this new initiative. I'm so anxious to talk about it. But first, let's talk about your background in the financial world. So you have worked for a while in risk management activities and you hold an MS in risk management from NIU. In your opinion, what is a successful role for a risk department? And also, Suzanne, I'd like to know which skills did you have to develop during your professional trajectory in this area? Well, first things first, uh, I truly believe that risk management is all about creating value. So I do believe that success for a risk department is not only about prevention, or even mapping and measuring risk, but also telling the st stakeholders of the company, what is, a, what is that we can create of value when we are talking about measuring risk? There's no such thing as zero risk. When, when we aim that, we are going to stop business happening. So uh, for me, it's all about what we can we do differently How can we measure things in a faster way, in a cheaper way? Um, how can we cre can we be creative? So in order for us to create a more value proposition in the in the chain, um, a risk management team is not a, not about fighting the commercial team. So this is also something that I had in mind through all these years to not be a blockage of the business, but be a, a true partner of the business. And because of that, uh, we can only do that when we develop a diverse team. So I spend a lot of time having to exercise my, my leadership and exercise the power of inclusion and bringing uh, diverse people into the teams that we, we build uh, and the companies that I work for. Um, we can only do creativity, innovation, when we are talking about different minds, different backgrounds, different perspectives, uh, sitting together and trying to break a problem and trying to create a solution. So I would say leadership, more than technical skills, soft skills as leadership, soft skills of developing people. So even though I spent 10 years working in risk management, I truly believe that I work with management uh, in a more generalistic way. Yes, I understand that. I agree with you, Susan, because 
that's uh, something that normally people think about the risk management is that a really specialistic area. But in, the truth is that we have to have this strategic overview of all the company and be, like you said, a partner in this role and also be with great people working with us. It's, it's really uh, the true key to the success. I, I agree, I completely agree with you. And when you work it as a global risk and compliance director in this company in Brazil, how was your connection with the theme of innovation? How was your interaction with the IT teams and also with external partners that provided this kind of services? Well, uh, when the company was uh, developing uh, its products, the risk department was also always side by side, walking side by side with the with IT first and then with operations and then with product team. We used to say that it was uh, more important for us to have uh, to be partners in the beginning of everything that the company would create instead of us being the last ones to check the ideas or to validate the the walls, uh, because in the end of the day, we do not want to break those walls to rebuild again a product from, from scratch. So I used to be the, the naggy person to be there, oh, count on me, call me for meetings, um, because this was really, really important and we we were able to establish a really good relationship, especially because we cannot do we cannot measure risk with the feeling only. We have to be more data driven, especially nowadays. We have lots of tools to integrate, as you said, a lot of providers that help us out uh, integrating different technologies, um, or even, for example, for compliance matters. So we have providers that help us out analyze um, money laundry, for instance. So it is not about just having the idea or having the, the policies written. It's about connecting and integrate, integrating technology. So everything that I did, I, I had to have IT with me. And the first thing that, uh, that was important, it was to create a communication bridge. This was really interesting to see how it was done because sometimes not only the risk department, but all, all other departments call the IT uh, personnel and said, I want to create a button or I want to create this connection. I want to block this and have this rule in the system. And, uh, and it, it doesn't translate really well because we cannot speak tech sometimes and it's all about having those this relationship and understanding that the language that is it's, it's like learning a new language with we are walking around with uh, in a tech company the, uh, the company that i used to work and spend the last seven almost seven years was a fintech so uh it was really necessary to learn this technology language and to understand better the prioritizations, to understand better, and to ask better questions. Great, Susan. And right now, you're starting a new company, a new organization called Storm Education, which is related to impact education. Could you please tell us more about it? What is it? And what do you yes. mean about impact education? And also, okay. I'd like to know if 
what are your main inspirations and influences to draw this new educational proposition? Perfect. Well, it was all about um, impact and touching and transforming people's lives. Um, but it, it sounds great, enormous, and it is. Uh, but it started with the volunteer movement in Brazil in the middle of the first year of the pandemic. So in the middle of 2020, uh, when one of the founders, uh, one of my partners, uh, started giving teaching English through WhatsApp for lo for one NGO in Brazil called Abraço Campeão, which is translation, the translation is Embracing Champions. Uh, this NGO teaches uh, box classes to low-income community, to a low-income community. And then the project was in the beginning called WhatsApp uh, was just like that. Let, let's see if that idea um, works of having classes that are not live classes, but an async way and with um, having uh, the opportunity to touch 99% uh, of smartphones in Brazil because WhatsApp penetration in Brazil is really, really big. So it's it's in 99% of mobile phones in Brazil and something that the, the formal education will never reach. Low-income communities in Brazil do not have access to a good internet connection. Low-income communities in Brazil do not have access to structure, computers. So this was a way of teaching something that they, they would never think it was possible, another language. And it's, you, it uses, a, um, the method uses a language that is common in messaging. Memes, GIFs, um, stickers, and audio, voice notes. So this is uh, really nice because it doesn't require a really high performance uh, mobile phone. And it, is, it didn't require also to have a really huge uh, telephone in internet package uh, in, their, in their phones. Because in Brazil also, all the major um, providers of internet connections have those low or, or that costs really cheap packages of internet that has unlimited access to WhatsApp. So combining all of this, we thought that it was a great tool to reach those uh, communities uh, and have like, and reach it really fast. Um, and also one thing that was really rich in this was that the method was really talking about the people that were consuming their classes. So the um, people that were there were like the representativeness is really important for us when we were doing writing the, the method having the the stickers so they the they have like actors that they know that they are familiar with so people of color people from uh different communities in brazil for example people from the north part of brazil from the south part of brazil not only uh rio de janeiro or sao paulo which are the main cities in brazil so this was something that was really unique and it was proving throughout those two years that was good, that uh, people would learn using this. And now we are transforming this voluntary uh, movement into a company. 
an ed tech, putting technology into this education side of it. And when we're we're saying that we it is a social or impact um, startup, is that because we believe that we are touching those lives and opening doors. It's not only about uh, teaching English, but saying to those people that it's possible to learn something new is possible when they could not believe it, it could be possible to, to do. Great. And right now, Susan, you have this English course. And yes. what are your plans for it? STEM education, how do you expect to diversify its portfolio and maybe the target audience as well? So what about the future for STEM education? What do you want to do? Well, we have one major goal that is making possible to continuously doing this for free. Because one point that is really important, it is that we are doing this for the last two years for free. Uh, so we are doing a lot of different um, uh, monetization hypotheses that we are going to test now to balance and to be able to still uh, provide this for free. And, uh, and now we have the content of basic English only. So we have like the journey of the student uh, covers the proficiency level A1, considering the proficiency level of the Common Europe uh, framework which are the language proficiency, uh, English proficiency is divided into six levels and we are reaching the first one. So the person can say uh, at the end of the journey um, that uh, this person has basic English proficiency level. Uh, we also would love to test it. So we are talking with a lot of uh, um, providers of certification providers, providers that could help us out certify those people that end the journey with us. We would love to have like more uh, proficiency levels, but also other themes. In Latin America, it is really important to uh, know uh, all of the world, right? Uh, to know financial education, for example. Uh, so we'd love to have that as well. Uh, into the into the platform so other subjects uh, we are already drafting and planning to release but now we are focusing on the tech part so we are um, completing our MVP right now our minimal product to launch and the end of the year and and all those other areas of subjects uh, we will release um, next year on the on the years to come. Uh, one thing that is also something that is really uh, key for us is that we are not just touching or impacting the students' lives. Uh, we believe that um, for this equation to be right and fair, we have to touch and impact the teachers' lives as well. So we have to be able to provide a different experience for the teachers because we do have teachers, uh, voluntary volunteer uh, teachers help us out, uh, guide and encourage the students. So the classes are audio voice notes and stickers and visual uh, content. And then the student has to uh, record its voice, repeating the, the lesson. And the, the, the other part of, the our technology is the teacher listening to the voice notes 
and replying and guiding the students and not correcting, but guiding the student and encouraging the student. So one of our goals is also to touch uh, and to have a better experience for those teachers to impact and to pay those those teachers. And so that's why we are thinking not, not having only the voluntary movement, but also start of a company because we want to pay and to pay well uh, those teacher, teachers as well. Now I'm curious, Susan, how long does it take for the student to, to from zero to the end of this basic English? Well, it depends on the student sure. because, yeah, it's, if the students want to um, just go with the, with the, with the, with a certain rhythm, uh, it can do on a daily basis and you can do once a week, for example. But if the students want to do on a daily basis, it will have like five, five to six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a semester and okay. it, it cover because it covers, it covers a semester of learning English um in a in a formal in a in a traditional way but it, it is robust like that but mm-hmm. uh, what, what i mean to say is it is it is robust like that interesting and but do you want to maintain the whatsapp as the main support platform, uh, platform exactly yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah the idea is that we do not want to ha- to to put friction into the student side so WhatsApp is present and it's used on a daily basis. So the, the latest researches on the on the subject say that, as I said, that WhatsApp is present on 99% of the, the Brazilian smartphones and it's used on a daily basis at least once a day for 85% of those people, 85% of those people. And it's in the first page of the smartphone or, or for half of this. Uh, people so it is the app for 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 doing it we know that we have other messaging apps that maybe people are starting to use and they are going they are gaining traction and they are being using more and more each day uh, in Latin America but we choose to chose to start with whatsapp because of that but also we are talking and, and planning to have a mobile app in the future because we want to open the scope of it, not only have um, what we were able to do not right now and what are the possibilities within the, within WhatsApp, but in the future to give, uh, for example, a community sense within an app. Uh, so this is these are the things that we are planning for. Great. So it's a really nice uh, initiative. Congratulations for that. And I hope that Storm Education has a, a great future. So right now I have some common questions that I have to all our guests. So the first one, if I'd like to know if you have any suggestions of books or films regarding the theme of innovation. Well, I think that uh, two things about innovation, it's, it's important. When we have restriction, it is good. Some sort of restriction is good because we, we, we became more, became more you know, uh, creative and then brings <laughs> innovation. And when we, are, when we learn and talk about bias, when we understand this and we understand how this goes, we understand how 
we can avoid it and then we can be more diverse and include more people more different backgrounds and then have like innovation happening so in those two teams uh, the, those two ch subjects i have two indications of books right I'm more of a book person um first one uh, the essentialist the essentialism uh by uh, greg mckeon uh essentialism was a book uh it's a brilliant book it's about almost a way of life actually it's about understanding what is essential essential not only on our lives in, in a more generalistic way or in a bigger way but on uh, but also on our daily day, daily basis activities what is essential right now what i should be doing in the next hour uh what is my prioritization what is the pri the priority number number one mm -hmm. so when we are trying to understand and 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 prioritizing things i believe that gives a little bit of restriction and and we can became more creative and innovation innovation starts with little things in our in our lives uh, it, it says in the book essentialism is about doing less things but better so right. i think that's really really good and the second, uh, to avoid bias, I love to read um, Kahneman's material, Dan Ariely material. They have like a lot of books. But for start, I believe that's what it's really thick. That's a thick book. People would say, oh, this is scary. But it's really, really nice. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow. And, it, and it's brilliant to understand how our brains work and to understand the bias that we can fall into and to understand how how can we avoid that and i truly believe that when we are talking about those things we can immediately talk about diversity for example that is for me it's this spark of innovation right susan it's a, a really different way of thinking of innovation but I, I i that's that's really nice the way that you you argue about it so <laughs> nice suggestions and for ending this conversation, Susan, I'd like to know if you have a final message to leave here to the people that are listening about innovation, about creating things from zero like you're doing right now. So, yeah, I, I, I would love to I would love to think about my background here and to talk again about risk. Because when when you are talking about starting for, from scratch or from zero or to think things differently, which I truly believe that is all about innovation, uh, you, you have to risk something. You have to jump in a way. And there's an author that is called Rachel Boltzmann, and she talks about trust leaps, which I really think it's a brilliant way just to, to and sum up this idea. Um, the gist is, uh, she not, doesn't talk about a leap of faith, but she talks about trust leaps, which is, I know that the, that there's uncertainty ahead of me, but when I measure it, when I jump, I I go into this 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 area of risk, and I I can I can have more tools to work around it. But you, but again, even though you measure, even though you have like your tools together with you. You have to jump. You have to have your action going on. So the idea here is to 
sparkle that idea that we have to risk it to do it. And it and it's a movement and it's an action. So let's do it. Great. So let's do it, Susan. Thank you very much for your presence here in this podcast. It was great to talk with you and to know that you're engaged in this new initiative. I hope, like I said, a lot of success for you and your new company. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for the invitation to be here. Again, it was a pleasure and an honor. This was the second episode of season two of TQ Talks podcast. Every two weeks, a new episode for you on your favorite podcast platform. To learn more about TQ, visit tq.com.